Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of this is the DFS Dreamer and the Baby Bowl podcast all mashed together in one. Guys, we have a kind of a, a smaller slate this Sunday. And one of the big events on my calendar is to fill out my Baby Bowl 2020 playoff edition roster this weekend and not forget to do it. Actually, Rob, I think I have to still pay the pay the money too. I don't think I've I don't think I've paid up yet, Rob. Uh, let me bring in Rob Norton real quick so he can tell us whether or not I paid, because I, I think I still gotta figure out how to do that. At Norton0723 on Twitter. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight? Good. All right. Do you have a spreadsheet of people who've paid if I paid yet? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I do have a. I do have the uh, list on the site here. Um, nah, don't worry about looking. Nah, nah, yeah. Don't worry about looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's still time. It. There's still time to pay. So. <laughs> you know I, I will it. though. I because trust I'm ex- you. Thank you. I am excited about it. And one of our buddies over here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, Pierre at Peewee Thirty One on Twitter, he joined the uh, the Baby Bowl Playoff Edition. He didn't get in on the regular season, but he said, "Ooh, I have a chance to get some of Wes's money. I'm going to get in on this." Right? Is that what you did, Pierre? <laughs> hey, I hopped in, and you know what? I'm paid. I know I'm paid, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> your, your wife didn't pay too, did she? She's not going to beat not. me. Uh, okay. She did not, but she did say congrats to your Bears uh, on the playoff berth. Uh, you didn't beat her Packers, right. but still congratulations on what? the playoff berth. Whatever. I mean, that is the most Aaron Rodgers thing she could say to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Hey, your Bears got in, not because you beat us, but your Bears got in. I mean, she was hair. sincere. She was very sincere. She hates the Vikings more than she hates the Bears, okay. so she, okay. she was sincere. No, I believe it. I can't wait to meet her one day. I haven't met you. I haven't met either of you face-to-face, but it feels like we've been talking for a long time now. All football season, we've been gearing up for these moments. The playoff uh, edition of the Baby Bowl, not only that, but in the NFL as well. And and Rob, whenever we talk about the NFL and we talk about Baby Bowl, there's a big strategy going to be played up here in the Baby Bowl for how the playoffs kind of turn out. Uh, how, how exactly are we going to be looking at how to set our lineups for the Baby Bowl? Yeah, so it's an interesting format. Um, it's you know the same the same one and done format as the regular season, but obviously the twist with the playoffs is that if a team is out, you can no longer use those players. And therefore, you know, when you're, when you're trying to decide what players to lose you or to use, you almost want them to lose. And you, you want to try to pick players that you think are going to have good games, but also lose. And that will, that way you'll still have more options moving forward. So, so exactly what I did during the baby bowl regular season. It sounds like, to me. I mean, I I need to keep the same strategy. I need to go in out thinking the room and everything and, and just go with my gut of the players who I think are going to do well. And that'll most likely be the players that lose. And, and then I'll have plenty of players to pick from for the rest, for the rest of the time. So did you get that Pierre? Did you understand how that works? I, I don't know the single elimination players. So you pick somebody and you can't use them again, but also, if you're if the team loses, you're not going to be able to use that player again in the baby bowl, obviously, because they're not going to be available for the next week. Yeah, it's going to be tough, um, especially when you start to think about like the Super Bowl and the quarterback position, really the main one. If you go into that final round, Super Bowl round, and you don't have a quarterback, you may be maybe screwed. So it's definitely going to be an interesting strategy. And I am not trying to pick teams that are going to lose because, you know, you want points as well. So it's going to going to be fun to see how this plays out. Now, Rob, you said that was interesting last year because you had a similar tournament. I'm not sure it was Baby Bowl, uh, uh, the, the moniker or anything like that on it. But you said you did a similar tournament last year, and some people got stuck in the t- in the Super Bowl having to play backups. 
Yep, that's for sure. Like like Pierre said, the quarterback position is the is the most interesting one in terms of that because obviously there's only one quarterback playing generally barring injury from each team. So, you know, if you it's it's tricky because say, you know, everyone wants to use Patrick Mahomes. Now, do you use him next week and or do you save him for later on? And that's something that's that's very interesting because, you know, if you if you don't use them, you're going to lose out on on possible a lot of points if they lose the game. But if you do use them, and then you also use an NFC quarterback, and both of those make it to the Super Bowl, yeah, you're you're likely taking a zero. Oh man, this is just guy. You got to be confused <laughs> now. And and here's here's one of the other things that I, I've thought of. Uh, like I should save all my my Saints. Just I say I'll say save all my. You got two quarterbacks for the Saints that may be playing in the Super Bowl that can get you points a little bit. You know, I mean a little bit there with with Taysom Hill. So I was thinking about that. But also, we our strategy in the Baby Bowl. A lot of us walked away from it, saying if you have the player, play them. Right. You, if you have CMC, use him the very first week because you know he's healthy. You know you're going to get points. You know those points are going to go on the board for you. But here, we can't really do that because if we use Patrick Mahomes, then Patrick Mahomes may not be available for us in the Super Bowl or a Lamar Jackson won't be available for us in the Super Bowl. So that makes things really, really complicated. And it goes against all of our baby bowl premise that we've kind of built up during the regular season and figured some things out. So, so Rob, you've really thrown another wrench in the system. Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely a totally different mindset. It's a totally different animal. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see all the lineups and strategies that, that people employ. Okay. Well, uh, all right. So let's go through the games here on the wild card weekend for the NFL. And I just want to get your thoughts on, on both of your thoughts on the teams that are going to lose, I guess. I mean, I want to talk about who's going to win, who's going to lose, but because uh, we, we want to find these losers uh, for, for the baby bowl, which I'm perfect for. I'm perfect for this. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Pee Wee, it's your first, your first serve here. Cause we have the Colts against the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo Pierre, I, I, what do you think of this forecast for this game is going to be? Not the actual forecast, because we yeah. know Buffalo is, you know, so, but how, what do you think that who's going to win or lose this game? Well, you know, I don't, I don't appreciate you starting with me with the Colts being on the slate and them being the first game, because I, I do have a feeling we might be the, the first team out. Um, obviously, I'm a big Colts fan. Uh, the, the actual forecast may help us. It's showing 22 degrees right now, so it's pretty cold weather. Um, we're pretty good at running the ball. So I, I think that's what the, the game plan is going to be from Indianapolis. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how folks go about playing this coach roster um, with guys like Jonathan Taylor, T.Y. Hilton. This could be the time to kind of get them out of the way because I do expect Buffalo to continue to stay hot and hopefully we keep it close. But I think the Bills will end up winning this game. Yeah, and, and even so, it, it's just going to be a challenge for the Colts to keep advancing all the way to the Super Bowl. Just one of those things that, that maybe the talent level isn't all the way there. So but uh, is that is that a good team to try to target in on this week, Rob, you think, or the Colts? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, looking at that game, it's got one of the higher over-unders, and Buffalo's favored by, I think, six and a half is the, is the spread right now. So, um you know, the the Colts are a team that can put up points, and obviously Jonathan Taylor's been really hot for the last couple months or so now, and and uh, um, so and and Buffalo is a team that can let up points as well. So, yeah, I I definitely like targeting Colts this weekend. 
All right. And also, Rob, we got the Rams and the Seahawks as the next matchup. They just played last week. I, I don't know how healthy the Rams are going to be. They were really beat up. I don't know if it was beat up intentionally or whatever last week. But Cam Akers looks like he's on the mend and might be coming back. I don't think that the COVID issues are going to still be lingering there for this game against Seattle. Um I, this is a tough one, Rob. I don't know who to pick it necessarily in this game of who's going to win or who's going to lose. This is going to be a really close game. Yeah, I agree. I think this is this is for me the second toughest one on the slate to try to try to pick out, and I think it's going to be a close game as well. And I I do think it's going to be kind of low scoring. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, you know, I I think I'm going to lean Seattle. Uh, whenever it's a kind of a closer game, I kind of lean towards the home team, and I like to lean towards the better quarterback. And we all know Russ is a lot a lot better than golf at this point. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle on this one. But for for babyable purposes, I I don't know if I'm going to end up choosing anyone. I'm I'm, I'm kind of scared of this game. Yeah, it's it's tough to squeeze some milk out of this bottle here for the baby bowl, Pierre. I don't know who we could trust because we both have, you and I have talked about the Seattle Seahawks offense just kind of being stagnant in the second half of the season. They have been. And in addition, uh, the Rams are one of the top defenses out there. Uh, we've seen Jalen Ramsey really kind of keep Metcalf in check. Um, really two games this year, uh, even some going into last year. So just pay attention to that. Pay attention to the quarterback situation as well. Um, golf isn't isn't clear to be playing just yet, um, so you could be seeing uh, Wolfert um, coming back in, and he could be kind of a, a quarterback to kind of get out of the way um, mm-hmm. if we if we feel like he's going to play. I'm assuming that Seattle will be even more favored um, in this game if if Wolfert's the quarterback and instead of Goff. Uh, we know earlier in the year Seattle's defense did struggle um, against the pass. I know they've gotten better to end the season, but Wolfert could be someone to toss in there. Uh, as your quarterback early on to to kind of get away uh, from the the masses going up with uh, some of those favorite quarterbacks and still leave some guys on the on the table moving forward down the route. One of our guys here at the Fantasy Impact Today Network, JB Barry at Fantasy Coach JB, is a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and they got to they got to play Washington this week. And that defense that Washington has, Rob, he joined the uh, Baby Bowl as well. Can you tell people how they can join the Baby Bowl, Rob, and and how much more time, how much time do they have to be able to join? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Norton zero seven two three. Just you know, add me or DM me, um, and I'll get you signed up. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we have up until, you know, I, I can sign people up basically up until Saturday. So, um, yeah, there's still a few more days to get in. And uh, hopefully, I think our number right now is at 71. So it would definitely be nice to keep that climbing and get closed in on that 100 mark. But if we get to 100, that'd be great. Just 100 would be fun because you and I have been playing with this baby bowl all year long. We know how great of a group that has been uh, in the chat room. You don't have to be in the chat room if you don't want to be in the chat room. But one of the things I love doing is getting to know some of these guys, being able to share their content over on my Twitter handle, at Loafnet. I also share it over at FI Today with a little underscore there on Twitter. Uh, you can follow both of those accounts. And, and yes, I will say you can join all the way up till Saturday because Rob said it. But I'm going to encourage you to get in there before Saturday. Get in there on Friday 
away. Give Rob a little bit of time. He's got a wife. He's got kids. We don't want to be him scrambling around on <laughs> on Saturday weekend day of the playoffs for the for the uh, uh, NFL or anything. So give him a little bit of time there. It'd be great to have you signed up by Friday, and let's try to hit that hundred mark. That'll be spectacular. So if you are a part of the Baby Bowl already, make sure you get that name out there. Encourage some people to play because this does go to the March of Dimes as well, right, Rob? How's the score? How does that donation part work during the playoffs? Yeah, so it's going to be the same as the regular season. We're going to donate half of all the proceeds to March of Dimes, and the other half will go to the prize pool. Um, wow. Yeah, so so yeah, if we get uh, if we get a hundred people, we're looking at a thousand dollar donation, which would be nice. So uh, yeah, don't you have to do the math for me real quick? How much is it to be able to join the baby pool? Uh, it's a twenty dollar entry fee. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. So then, have you have you worked out if we get to a hundred how the how the weekly prizes would work then, or is that too early to ask? Yeah, I could do the math real quick. It's a it's um one percent to the weekly high score. So you know it'd be um since it's a thousand dollar prize pool, it'd be a ten dollar uh, weekly award. Okay. And then I believe the if we're looking at um if we're looking at prizes we're going to pay out top five again um okay so yeah it, it's it, it should be good that wasn't a fair question to ask rob went to the dentist today he's got all <laughs> shot up with novocaine here and i asked him to do math really quick <laughs> that wasn't that was not a fair i'm sorry rob i should have no, it's all good <laughs> oh but uh one of the things that i i love about this though too is we're able to donate to the march of dimes and that always goes towards a great cause and still before this year is out i would love to have a representative from the march of dimes on just to kind of tell us where this money goes how it gets used with the children and that's something that me and my wife has has have actually donated to over the years so i i really was intrigued whenever I saw this kind of contest earlier in the season. But anyway, JB is a Buccaneers fan and he's going against that Washington defense this week, Pierre. I, I, I this is a scary game. I, I don't think Washington has the firepower to be able to keep up with the Buccaneers at the same time, Pierre, you and I both have talked about how, how Tampa Bay has kind of been up and down, especially when they run into one of those really strong defenses. Yeah, they, they've definitely been hit or miss. Um, throughout the season uh, right now Vegas is giving them pretty good respect uh, they're favored by eight and a half uh, you're looking at a 45 point total um, 27 of those are, are going to the Bucks, from what I have and only 18 are being slated to the, the Washington football team so Vegas is really on the Bucks. Um, be interesting to see how that defense holds up I know Chase Young was calling out Brady how he wanted Brady how he wanted Brady at the end of that game uh, that they won. So we'll see how that plays out for sure. Mike Evans, you got to watch that situation as well uh, with the injury. I'm pretty sure the, the whole city of Tampa there held their breath uh, when they saw his knee kind of hyperextend, but sounds like he might be okay. And the more weapons, the merrier for the Bucks if they're going into Washington to face a really good defense. It sure is. Uh, Rob, this next game, too, is going to be really interesting. The first one on Sunday, uh, this one's going to be a ABC ESPN game at noon. The t uh, Baltimore Ravens against the Tennessee Titans. That game looks like it's going to be not necessarily a DFS spectacular because those two games, two, those two teams are going to grind it out and that clock's going to be running a lot. Which team would we want to target for baby bowl purposes if we're looking to target the loser of this game? Yeah, this one's really tough. Um, this is the one I met earlier when I was saying that this is mm -hmm. the this is the toughest one on the slate for me to decide the winner. Um, I think I'm going to lean Tennessee. 
to win. Um, but I, I actually do think it's going to be a really high scoring game. Uh, it has the highest over and un, over under on the slate. Tennessee games, I think this year generally have hit the over way more than they, they haven't. And, you know, Tennessee can put up points and they like to, but they, even though they like to run Derrick Henry 25 plus times. So yeah, Tennessee can put up points, but they also let up a lot of points. So I, th- I think this is going to be the highest scoring game on the slate. So for baby bowl purposes, I think I'm I'm going to target, maybe target a few Ravens in this one. All right. Okay. We're getting some inside information here <laughs> from Mr. Baby bowl himself. Pierre, my bears made it into the playoffs last week, <laughs> like you said, but they got to go against the saints, man. I, and I don't know for baby bowl purposes for elimination, you know, uh, eliminating players. If we can actually pick on any of the bears this week at all, going against that saints defense. Um, I, I, I think more than anything, we may want to pick the saints defense in this game. If we had that option, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that Rob. <laughs> I mean, it's potentially, you got to look at, you know, who they have and they do have weapons at Montgomery and, and Allen Robinson. Uh, you got to look at the, the Saints defense hasn't playing better. Uh, but Trubisky, I mean, he's, he's held his own here lately. Um, since he's come back, yeah, I think they played early in the year and it was foes and even with foes at the realm, I know that game was in Chicago, but you know, foes for, threw for two seventy two and two touchdowns. Allen Robinson had six and 87 and a touchdown there. So, I mean, I think you take that in a one-and-done type of situation. So I think you could definitely look at Al Robinson, especially looking at the spread being uh, plus 10 right now in favor of the Saints. It uh, means the, the Bears are probably going to be trailing. I believe Darnell Mooney is going to be ruled out as well. So you could see a lot of action uh, going to Allen Robinson. Yes, he has Marshawn Lattimore, who's likely going to be shadowing him. Uh, but he's probably one player uh, from the Bears that you'll probably want to get in there, uh, potentially one of the tight ends as well. Oh, you're giving me hope, man. I watched that Green Bay Packer game. Of course, I was glued to it, right? Until, un- what? <laughs> until uh, who was it? MVS caught that touchdown. I shut the TV off and I walked away for about five minutes. I had to. I had to walk away at that time. And then, uh, but but they had the Bears were running like three plays the entire game, Pierre. Three plays. One to twenty year guy Cole Komet, and the other one to a Mooney, and then the other one to Montgomery, a handoff to Montgomery. That was it. That was three plays the entire game. And I, I'm glad you gave me hope though for the Bears. And that it that might be a good strategy. It's gonna be tough for me to trust Allen Robinson against Lattimore, though. And finally, Rob, we gotta go down here to I, I don't are the Browns your team, Rob? They are. They uh, are. I thought they were because you're up there in the Ohio neck of the woods and they're going against uh, a team I think you loved as a child, the Steelers, right? Mm, not not so much. Love <laughs> would not be the word I would <laughs> I would uh, use to describe the Steelers. No, but, uh, you know, the Browns will seem to have their work cut out for them going against the Steelers. Their first competition, I think, in the playoffs in quite some time here for the Cleveland Browns. And, and now they've been hit with a little COVID scare too, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I just saw today, or it was either today or yesterday, even more guys were on COVID, on the COVID list. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which, who, who, which players are actually active uh, come game time. Yeah, I, I, it, it'd be, I don't know what, what to pick in this game because I honestly, the Steelers offense kind of scared me later on in the year. And, and I, I, I like the Browns defense for some reason. Call me crazy, but I just like the Browns defense. Yeah, they they actually have played pretty well. I know um, Sandeo in the secondary has not played well, um, so that's that's a weak spot there. But yeah, overall they're they're 
not a bad defense and their offense has come around in the second half. Baker has played so much better. I've been a, a Baker doubter for since he's been drafted. So um, I'm glad he's making me eat my words lately. So, and I hope he does again this weekend, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I mean, I would, if I had to pick right now, I'd pick the Steelers, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I'm going to flip a coin, and then I may ask uh, if I could do it two out of three times before I decide <laughs> the winner on that game. I got, a, hey, I got a question on this game for Rob, if you don't mind me jumping in. Who who calls the plays there in Cleveland? Because I'm pretty sure uh, head coach Kevin Stepanski was one that tested positive. So does he call the plays, or does the OC call the plays there? Um, that I don't know, to be honest with you. Okay. That's an interesting development. That's something to, to definitely pay attention to with this matchup. Yeah, um, definitely. With, uh, if it's the head coach, if he's out, I think he's already been ruled out. I don't know if you can rule out a head coach, <laughs> but <laughs> he's definitely going to be sitting. So I'm, I'm interested to see how the offense kind of goes uh, with him out. Yeah, and especially in an empty stadium. I, there may be some fans there in Pittsburgh, but, you know, if for the most part, it's an empty stadium. You can find a room for him to go and sit in as long as he's not sick. You know what I mean? If he's sick, I want him to stay at home, be in bed, drink some NyQuil, all the things that the doctor prescribes, whatever it is the doctor prescribes. But, but if he's not going to be contagious, if he's not going to be infected, isolate him, put him in a bubble. And let him go into the place and call plays if that's what his job is or if that is what – if I was a head coach, it would take everything. I'd be like that dude. Remember that guy in New York the, for the Mets, I think it was? He got kicked out of the baseball game, and then and then he came back and sat in the dugout, and he had the mustache on, the fake mustache. Remember that guy <laughs> a long time ago? I do remember uh, that. I can't remember the name, though. Yeah. It, it would just take a lot to keep me off of the, off the, not off the field, but out of the stadium anyway, it just take a lot. And, and I'd tell the guy to mask up and stay in a bubble like, like John Travolta was in the boy in the bubble movie a long time ago. Anyway, I don't know who to pick on that Brown Steelers game either for baby bowl purposes, but I, I think it'd be awesome to be able to pick out those teams that are going to lose and, and you, and you're pretty sure that they're going to get knocked out so that you still have all the players uh, over the next weeks to be able to play in the baby bowls. It's a, it's a very interesting strategy, Rob. I appreciate you making my mind get twisted again because now you're twisting it all up another time uh, here in the in the beginning parts of 2021. So very good job by you. Anytime, Wes. I appreciate it. Well, thanks. <laughs> Anytime I can confuse you, Wes. That sounds really yeah. good. Hey, but, <laughs> and once again, if you want any information on how to join the Baby Bowl, you can just look over on Twitter at Norton0723. I'm sure he's got a pinned tweet there, but just DM him as well, and he can sign you up. So it's a, going to a great cause and for a great event altogether. Now let's get over on the DFS Dreamer side of things. Pierre, and this is your specialty, where we talk about the DraftKings Sunday afternoon slate, or Saturday Sunday afternoon slate. This time, actually, we got a little scary yesterday, boys, whenever we were looking at it, because they hadn't put up a combined slate yet, and we thought we were going to have to do like a Saturday games and a Sunday games, but now they've kind of meshed them all together as one, Pierre, and that's good news, right? Yeah, well, they meshed them together, but the, the main featured slates are still the individual days. So Saturday slate and Sunday slates where most of your action is going to be in regards to your, your higher payouts, your higher prize pools. Um, so those are, I think, just a chess type of move for the, the fantasy industry to, to get as much action as they can on those individual slates. Whereas the combined slates more looked at right now as like a turbo type slate for some of the other things in addition to the just the payouts not being as high. There's not being as much as entries um, in that combined slate. So that's kind of the, the caveat of it all. 
Hey, I don't need any more things to confuse. But Rob's just Rob's just throwing a monkey wrench into my life <laughs> right here. But uh, for for our purposes, we will combine the Saturday and Sunday slate, and we will talk about that matchup because it's it's only it's so many it's so little of games. But you know that I like it whenever I don't have as many options. So I will be going over into the Saturday thing and the Sunday thing. But I am really going to lean on you two because Pierre Rob comes out with an article each and every week about his DraftKings, his DFS plays, even for FanDuel towards the end of the week uh, on Saturday or Sunday he get or on Friday or Saturday that he gets those out to people and so I am leaning on you guys to set me up here at the end of the year for a really big winning week and and Pierre you and I always start off with quarterbacks mm-hmm. and so I think we got to start off there again this week and and Lamar jumps us off at 7800 what a cheap price for quarterbacks by the way I, I think that that's usually where Lamar ends up somewhere in that neighborhood but it just seemed like to me a lot of these players on DraftKings this week we're cheaper than normal. Am I right in thinking that, Pierre? Or do they all look the same to you? Yeah, well, there's some that are priced down. Um, I don't feel Lamar's one of them. Uh, but when you look down at like the, the Tannehill, Russell Wilson range, those guys are, are definitely cheaper. Um, you kind of tend to do that when you have a, a slate that's kind of been condensed. Uh, they still want to make it uh, where you can still build a, a decent lineup with your construction. So I think that kind of plays a part of it. Um, so it's definitely going to start at the top. It's an interesting decision to make. Uh, when it comes to that, that Baltimore Tennessee game and Lamar at 7,800, um, as Rob said earlier, it's the highest over under right now at 55 expected to be back and forth. Uh, what's throwing me off here is it shows the Ravens favorite by three and a half on the road at Tennessee. Um, and they do have fans. They've had fans most of the year there. So I'm curious how this game's going to play out. I'm not sure I'm going to pay up for, uh, Lamar, um, even on Sunday. Um, but that's definitely interesting and something to monitor there. Okay, so let me ask you this, Pierre, and we'll start off with this little game uh, with Lamar Jackson at 7,800, and we'll go down to Tom Brady at 6,900, just three slots down, I think, or two or three slots down. Okay. And, and let's play the will he or won't he game. And Rob, what we do here on DFS Dreamers is we try to find those players that will that will hit for three times the value. Is that typically what you shoot for as well? Yeah, um, I I had been doing two and a half times, but this year is definitely the uh, been higher scoring. So I had someone had mentioned that to me on one of my articles throughout the year, and I think next year I'm going to move it up to three. Okay, all right. Well, that's what we try to do here. So let me ask you this, Pierre, and you chime in, Rob, if you disagree with any of Pierre's takes or my takes, <laughs> which I know you won't, because you know I'm always <laughs> right. Uh, no, uh, let's let's uh, uh, Pierre. Will Tom Brady? At 6,900, will he hit three times his value this week? Yes. Just yes. So he'll hit that 21 range against that Washington defense? I do. I think everyone's going to be afraid of the the Washington defense. So when you look at Brady, for one, in the playoffs, um, he always comes to play. Uh, You're looking at Colt Weather there in Washington. He's used to that. And, again, they have a 27-point total, and they honestly don't run the ball too much. I know Ronald Jones came back. Uh, they used to get, you know, Fournette in the mix when Jones was out. But they're, they ultimately, and Bruce Arians has always been a guy that likes to throw the ball. Um, if that's the case, uh, he's going to do a lot of dinking and dunking like he did in New England. Uh, so quick passes, that's really, I feel like, is going to kind of limit the, the pass rush that the Washington football team can do. So that's why I think Brady will be able to get there to that 21 range that you're looking for. Woo, Washington is the sixth-ranked defense. They are number one in passing yards per game against. They are the second total uh, so second total yards against. They are fourth in points allowed, Pierre, and only giving up 20 points a game. And I know Tom Brady found that fountain of youth. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, last three games, he had 26, 33, and 34. But that was against Atlanta, Detroit, and then Atlanta again 
I don't know. I'm not as confident as you are on Tom Brady, but I will trust you. You are the expert. You said yes with fervor. I like that. So that was that was good. Uh, Josh Allen at 7,500. Will he hit that three times the value? Unfortunately, <laughs> he's got to get there as well. Uh, again, it's my coat, so that, it pains me. But Allen's had a, a great year, and he, he's definitely, I feel, in that MVP mix with Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers. You can look at his game logs, but he, he's just got a rushing upside. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, so I definitely think he, he probably four times is his salary against us, which pains me because the, the Colts are really a – they funnel um, to the passing game. So they try to stop the run and make you pass. And the issue with Buffalo is they don't have a running game, so they want to pass. So we could be in really bad shape um, unless a snowstorm or something blows through Buffalo. Well, I'll, I'll I'll give some meteorologists a call and see what I can do for you there on that, <laughs> Pierre. Okay. That. And, and finally, what about Lamar Jackson, Pierre? Do you think that he'll be able to hit out that three three times the value sitting at seventy eight hundred? I know you said no earlier. I think. Yeah, I said no. Um, it's gonna be tough. So if you think Baltimore is gonna win this game, uh, which Vegas does, then he definitely he could hit it. Um, you're looking at around twenty four points. Um, he didn't do it against Tennessee. You know, earlier in the year, I think he went for like seventeen. Um, in that game, and I want to say last year, he, he uh, 35, so he had 35 last year in the playoff game, so he might probably going to be somewhere in between. Uh, I really think it's going to depend on how you feel like that game's going to go, so if you feel like uh, Tennessee's going to be ahead, um, you probably don't want to play Lamar because he's not really strong when it comes to, to passing, I feel, whereas if you feel like Baltimore's going to be ahead and kind of grinding out and running the ball, uh, that's when I feel like you want to get Lamar in there. He can't hit that three times. Uh, right now, I'm going to say no because I, I agree with Rob. I think Tennessee's going to win this game, uh, but Vegas does say otherwise right now. Since uh, since week 12, Lamar has not finished with under 22 DraftKings points. He has a total of 15 touchdowns, but it's rushing and passing. And this is a mediocre Titans defense. I don't know if it's Lamar Jackson season. I just know he's been heating up since week number 12. All right, yeah. so Rob, uh, here, uh, what do you do? You think so as well? Yeah, I'm I'm big on Lamar. Um, like I said earlier, like with I I I understand Pierre's point as he isn't you know he hasn't been a great passer especially this year, um, but I think this game is going to be the highest scoring on on the slate, and I think it's going to be a back and forth game where both where it's a competitive, and I don't think there's going to be um, you know I don't think it's going to be a blowout. So we've seen time and time again with competitive back and forth games is that's where you want to you know have your have a lot of your players because those are the games where both teams are pushing the other one's ceilings so um for me i and like you said lamar has been been on fire lately so i i see him hitting that 25 plus point mark again all right. Hey, I know you two are acquaintances now because a great guy has introduced the both of you <laughs> in your Twitter first, right? Uh, but I still consider you two fantasy friend of me. Okay. Because we're in the fantasy world, and whenever you're in a fantasy world and we compete against each other, yeah, we kind of root for each other, but it's really kind of a friend of me relationship. All right. And so our next little tier goes from Russell Wilson at 6,700 down to Drew Brees at 5,700. And in this fantasy friend of me tier uh, that I'm going to call this, what I want you two to do is I want you two to take turns picking the worst player if you are building a DraftKings lineup for the other player. Right. So you're going to pick the worst one to Rob, you're going to pick the worst one to put on Pierre's team. And then Pierre, you're going to pick the worst one to put on Rob's team. 
All right. So let's if it, I mean, if you guys still want to stay friends, that's fine. Put them both on my team. I can take it. All right. Because I'll end up picking the worst guy anyway, probably in my DraftKings lineup. So I won't take it too personal. But, Rob, I'll let you go first here since you are a guest on the DFS Dreamer podcast uh, to pick out the worst player in this tier to put on Pierre's team. The worst player here. The worst quarterback. Uh-huh. Whew. Um. And Jared Goff does not count because we're. I'm assuming Jared Goff isn't playing on Sunday. Who knows with the smoke screens that's going on right now in Los Angeles? Jared Goff is is probably not going to play. Right. Yeah. That that's definitely a, a tough one. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna go with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, I, I I think the matchup against Cleveland's fine. And especially, you know, depending on which players are out. But my issue with Roethlisberger has been that he hasn't looked good in the second half of the season. Um, he, that if they do get a lead, especially if you know, say a lot of a lot of Cleveland uh, players are out and they do get kind of a lead, they might just like lean lean on the run and kind of grind this game out. Um, I don't expect it to be a high scoring game, so. Yeah, that one that Roethlisberger is kind of my pick for worst in that group. Good, 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 bad choice. I believe that's a good, bad choice. Uh, Pierre, for Rob's team, you have Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, or Drew Brees to choose from. Yeah, I would give him Brees. Um, it'd be easy to go with Russ uh, with the, the Rams defense, but I feel like Russ is still a, a better quarterback right now um, than Brees. Brees is aging, probably in his last year uh, at quarterback or in the NFL in general. Uh, the Bears, wow. you know, they have a, a solid defense. I know Pagano's defense can kind of be a bender break um, type D. But when you look at the fact that, you know, Michael Thomas is still coming off of, you know, injury, I know he's going to play, but he's still dealing with the ankle. You have the COVID situation with the running backs. I just feel like you're not really for certain the, the weapons Breeze is going to have. His his arm is kind of leaving him right now. So Breeze will be the one that I would draft for Rob here. Okay. All right. Who do you like best out of that tier, Pierre? Uh, Ryan Tannehill would be the, the one I would go with. So kind of mentioned it earlier with the over under, uh, I do like Tannehill. He has rushing upside. I know the Ravens do have a, a solid defense as well, but Tennessee really uses the play action so well when you have Derrick Henry that you can fake the ball off to. Uh, so Tannehill would be the one I would definitely pick first out of this tier. I, I don't want to, I don't want to skirt past you saying Drew Brees is possible last season, last game. Uh, whenever he loses this last game here against my Chicago Bears, but uh, you said last <laughs> season, and you said it just like you like it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, you got to look at the situation. So you you've had the injuries um, that he's coming off of. He's getting up in age. There's questions whether he would even come back. You know, this year. Uh, I know they brought in Jameis, which it doesn't seem like Jameis is going to be the heir apparent. It does seem like it's Taysom Hill, um, and Taysom Hill came and played well. He he wasn't the the passer that you expect out of a Sean Payton offense, but you know, he really did well under center for the, the Saints, and I think the writing's on the wall there um, in New Orleans, especially if they come up short again. They're the favorites, it seems like, in the NFC year after year, and something always happens uh, to the Saints. And I think it's going to happen again, and I expect Breeze to, to really hang him up after the season. Uh, he's got young kids there. He wants to stay healthy, be able to run around, chase them around, et cetera. Uh, so I think this will be his last season. Wow. All right. Okay. Rob, who do you think is the best quarterback out of that tier, out of that little bunch? Yeah, I got to agree with, with Pierre on Tannehill. Um, 
for all the same reasons. You know, okay. Tannehill has the rushing ability. That game's the highest over over under. Um, he's actually been, I mean, since he's taken over uh, last year, he's been his a lot of his efficiency numbers are right up there with Mahomes when you look at it. So he's been incredible. And when you have like like Pierre mentioned, when you have Derrick Henry to run play action with, that opens a lot of things up. And when you have weapons like AJ Brown, Johnu Smith, and Corey Davis played great all year, really. Um, that's it's it's got to be Tannehill here. Okay, all right. I agree with both of you guys, and I will be rooting for my second favorite team in the Tennessee Titans. Of course, I'll be rooting for them. Who knows? I may even have to take a little trip up to Tennessee. You never know. Adam, just how bad is Adam Gase, though? Let's let's just sort of real fast. How bad is Adam Gase to have Tannehill there in Miami? He just looked like horrible, like he's out of place. And he gets to Tennessee, he's tearing it up. So just kind of a, a preface to say that, you know, look out for Sam Darnold this year now that Gase is finally out. Um, with the chess. All right, yeah, that, that's a great that's a great point. Look at Pierre playing chess. He's playing 4D chess, Rob. We're, we're just sitting here trying to get, make it through the Baby Bowl week, and, and and Pierre's already looking ahead to next season here. What is going on? Hey, speaking of looking ahead a little bit, let's play a little Fantasy Impact Today Network feud, okay, here. Uh, the top three answers of who Wes is going to pick here in the bottom tier of quarterbacks are on the board. <laughs> Okay, you both are on the same team. We're going to start at Philip Rivers at 5,500, and then it goes to the rest of the field. The rest of the field. I've got three quarterbacks that I have chose uh, as far as people who I might pick this week in in DraftKings to be able to build a lineup around. Because you guys know I like to live down here at the bottom bottom of the world, right? And and so I I, I found three of them. And let's see if you guys can find those three before you get three strikes. All right. Does that sound like a good content? I think it's I think it's wonderful. That's and Rob, fun. since you are a guest again, and Pierre just got done talking about Drew Brees, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. How let you go first of picking a quarterback that I chose uh, to play in my DraftKings lineup? Down in this range from Philip Rivers and below, correct? Correct, Mundo. Philip Rivers, I think, is is going to be one of them. One of your choices. Uh, that's wrong. You got an X. Ooh. Oh, he did not. No, I do not want Philip Rivers. I don't want to have anything to do with him in Buffalo. Uh, I know that's going to be windy there in Buffalo. I just assume it is. I haven't checked the weather actually, uh, but it, I, I just don't. I don't like Philip Rivers' arms. He 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 barely not well not his arms, just the one arm I guess playing out there in Buffalo in the windy condition. And you guys, he just I know it's only fifty five hundred. And if we're looking at three times the value, that means he only has to get up to what sixteen sixteen or seventeen DraftKings points. But he just hasn't done that all that often this year. I'm just not impressed. I know he'll be playing a lot from behind, but he, the last, what, two weeks there, 11 DK points and 12 DK points. I'm just not going to put my trust in Phillip Rivers this week. So, no, you have an X on the board. If you guys disagree with me, disagree. Okay. I disagree. Uh, um, I'll come right in. Obviously, the, the Coats fan here. So, you look at the, the previous games, yeah, he he's kind of underperformed a bit. Uh, but they also were out. So, that, that Pittsburgh game, they got out big. Um, in the first half, um, so they, they really didn't have to throw the ball much because they were controlling it on the ground. And that kind of happened the same with the, the Jacksonville game where Jonathan Taylor was just running up and down the field. Uh, whereas when you look at this, they're, they're underdogs by about seven, uh, so you're going to have to expect him to, to, to throw the ball to be able to keep up, and I feel like he'll, he'll, he'll air it out and kind of have one, I don't want to say last who rock. I think he'll be back next year, bar an injury, but I, I think he'll, he'll go out you know, like he did in San Diego, uh, when he was there with the Chargers, just airing it out and kind of showing that he still has some arm talent. So I think he can definitely get there. 
Um, but in, in my choice, I'm going to go with your own guy there in Chicago that you have Mitch Trubisky in a dome on the board. You're wrong there as well. I did not choose Mitch Trubisky. There's no way I'm going to trust that Chicago Bears offense on the road in New Orleans against that uh, New Orleans Saints defense who probably thinks uh, that they really have to win this game by themselves. And, man, they could just, like I said, the Bears ran three offensive plays last week. I could tell you what was happening before they even did it. Uh, just just a terrible offensive play calling. I just, I, I'm done with the Bears. I'm done with the Bears. So, no, not Mitch Trubisky. So you're saying you're not playing the best two quarterbacks in this race range. <laughs> that surprised either of you. Okay, Trubisky <laughs> was my second choice. Well, and and in Baby Bowl, I picked him the very first week, and you guys laughed at me, and then I didn't pick up another good quarterback the rest of the year. But anyway, uh, so no, I, there's two X's on the board right now, Rob. It comes. With, look, you guys can talk about it if you'd like to, because I don't want you guys to go out this early. Wow, this is this is tough because those those two to me look like the two best. I mean, we got Baker, but he's playing against Pittsburgh, who's been basically the best defense. Turn um, in here. You gotta, you guys gotta, you guys gotta right. put your It's, it's against the Steelers, and they don't even have their their head coach and offensive coordinator. But yeah, that's going West. He, he likes the the bottom <laughs> of the barrel, so he's probably looking at Wolford against Seattle. But that was my that was my next choice was Wolford at Seattle at only forty forty nine hundred. Wolford you know, is correct. You guys are correct. Forty nine hundred price point, which is really good. Twenty two of thirty eight last week. Two hundred and thirty. 231 yards. He ran six times for 56 yards. I know he didn't throw a touchdown. He had 14 DraftKings points, but no touchdowns. All he does is have to find the end zone. If he can find the end zone and it's against the Seattle Seahawks defense, I think that that really can help you build a lineup, a big lineup around some of the other players that I like here in my DraftKings board. So yes, Wolford is one of them. And I'm not saying it's a good pick. I'm just saying that's Wes's pick. Okay. You know, you know it's, it's funny if I could chime in about Wolford. I had heard, I hadn't you know, really seen or heard much about him, obviously until this past week, but um, I had heard different analysts uh, uh, hype up about his rushing ability. So I wasn't sure, you know, if that was true or not. And obviously it was true that he he can, he can run a little bit and that definitely at that price tag, if he's, if he's starting and he, you know, he brings that rushing ability again, he's going to hit that value. Yes, sir. That's why I picked him. And he was actually number two on my board. Who do you guys think was number one on the board or number three? Number one or number three. I mean, there's only a couple more starters. I mean, was it Alex Smith against Tampa? And Baker, unless he has taste. So I say Baker, Baker Mayfield would probably Baker, be your Baker is right. I, I, I don't know. It's my heart more than anything. And I was calling for Baker Mayfield to probably be benched at some point during the season. But that guy has played lights out. And I know. I know all those COVID concerns going in there. But listen, Baker Mayfield was not a guy to stand in the pocket anyway. All right. He, he wasn't a guy who stood in the pocket anyway. And Baker Mayfield has played lights out since week number seven. 16 touchdown passes, which isn't a lot, but there are some conditions there in Cleveland where he's not throwing the ball a lot. 16 touchdown passes, only two interceptions, 16 DraftKings points. That's all I got to get to with 5,400, right? Somewhere in that neighborhood. I, I, I know it's a super sleeper pick, and I know it's super contrarian, but that's, that's the kind of man I am. So I'm not afraid to take Baker Mayfield in a contrarian pick on Sunday. Yeah, I think it'll be contrarian personally. I know you mentioned the the 16. Uh, he just got there. 
Yep. Um, and a must-win game with Mason Rudolph at, at quarterback. So you skip that in mind. Uh, you add in that Roethlisberger is going to be there, so they won't have the field position most likely that they had with Mason Rudolph. Um, as well, again, the head coach, uh, I think that's going to be a big piece, uh, something to definitely uh, look out for. They could be a lot more run-heavy um, as well, um, given they don't have their, their head coach there. But, I mean, best of luck to you <laughs> playing Baker. <laughs> <laughs> like this is Wes's lineup. We all know that I need the most luck I can get. Okay, so we have one answer left on the board. You know, I actually, I actually think that considering the last two picks, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Taylor Heineke. But I, I don't want to lock that in yet. I, I don't. I don't. I want to. <laughs> hear Pierre's thoughts on this, but you know, at 4,100 and if he ends up starting again. Yeah. I'm not sure he'll start. I think Alex Smith is still going to start. I'm going to guess, and this doesn't have to be our guess, but he's been dogging out his bears this whole show. So he must think they're going to go up there and get blown out. If that's the case, then he's probably thinking that that Taysom Hill is going to play a part of that. Um, If you look on on your phone, at the DraftKings uh, uh, slate, which I was earlier, you will notice a guy's name, and I don't even know his name. I could, <laughs> I, I see his name, but I, I don't know his name. Tyler Huntley. Okay, Tyler Huntley plays for the Baltimore Ravens, and he's a backup quarterback. And the reason why I have him is if you look at him on your phone, or at least on my phone, maybe my S4 is a little bit behind on things. It is a picture of Ben Roethlisberger. And I just said, you know what? Ben is playing for the Baltimore Ravens this week. And he gets it. So, so actually, there's no way you would. I mean, if you guys would have gotten that. He didn't have an image of mine. He's just like a silhouette. So. <laughs> mine, may have changed him. mine says, mine just has a number two. <laughs> that's on your computer on my phone it had a picture of ben oh, yeah, burger yeah. earlier i tweeted that out and so maybe maybe DraftKings, which i know they follow me on twitter but uh they probably saw that and they they changed it immediately because they saw i saw a glitch in their system that's just a joke but no those are all great advices words of advice for us here on our DraftKings lineups let's jump over to the wide receiver spot where the quarterbacks are definitely going to have to throw it to somebody on sunday and saturday this week and guys the wide receivers, this was hard, okay? When I was sitting here looking at the wide receivers, trying to think of a good play for Sunday, and, you know, I sometimes I set you guys up to be able to be those perfect analysts like you are, but this one is hard, man. Stefan Diggs starts us out at 7,700 this week, and I took it all the way down to A-Rob at 6,600. And so, Rob, being that its name is A-Rob, how about if we start with you in playing that will he or won't he game? And Pierre, by all means, chime in if you think that Rob is wrong on his evaluation of whether or not these guys will hit three times the value of their DraftKings price points. A-Rob is at 6,600, Rob. Will he hit that three times the value? Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to say yes. Yes, okay. DK Metcalf at 6,700. I'm going to say no on Metcalf. I would agree with you. I'm saying yes this week on Metcalf. Okay. I think it's a Metcalf's week. He's, he's been shut down uh, by Ramsey each week, and I feel like this is the week where that kind of flips. So I'm just going out on a limb, uh, looking at just some projections, and I, I think this is going to be a, a Metcalf week. So we'll see what happens there. Woo! How about a how about build a lineup with Baker Mayfield and DK Metcalf? Let's let's see where that one goes. Right. Tyler Lockett at sixty nine hundred. Rob Lockett, interesting. I'm gonna say no as well. 
No, okay. I say I'm on board with you, I, and I trust Pee Wee because he's he's gotten me cashed out a couple of different times this year. It's crazy though to see both of those Seattle Seahawks receivers up there in that upper tier, man. I, I, it just it doesn't. I just don't feel right putting them in that upper tier. I would have priced them down there towards the bottom of the sixes anyway. Right. And I just I just don't, against the Rams' defense, I don't know. Maybe they're thinking there'll be plenty of opportunities for them to score. I'm not sure. Chris Godwin at 7,000. Chris Godwin. I'm going to say no on Godwin as well. A.J. Brown at 7,100. I'm going to say yes on A.J. Brown. So you think he can get to 21 DraftKings points? Yeah, like I said, with that, it's he's he's been pretty consistent with targets all year, and he's been pretty consistent for most weeks producing. And you know, he's got eleven touchdowns on the year, and I think this is going to be one of the higher higher scoring games. So um, I'm I'm going to say yeah, it'll be close though. It's tough. It's tough to get that twenty twenty plus mark. And Stefan Diggs finally seventy seven hundred. Rob, that's a, that's a lot of points he's got to get to. <laughs> I know, but he, it's it's crazy how good he's been. Um, I'm gonna say yes. He's just he's just too good. He's just too good. Rob, here you agree with that, Stefan Diggs? I do. Um, he's gonna get there. <laughs> he's just he's the main target there for for Allen. And again, the Colts kind of funnel it to that. Um, AJ Brown, I would disagree with. I know he's he's coming off a, a couple big games. I, I think it's gonna be a Corey Davis week. Uh, there when it comes against the Ravens. I think Humphrey will, will probably shadow A.J. Brown a bit, um, but he definitely is capable of getting there for sure. Uh, but I would say Diggs is going to get there, but I'd say no on A.J. Brown this week. All right, that sounds good. Hey, our, our next little game here, our next little tier is going to start at Mike Evans at 6,500. We're going to play Would You Rather, Pierre. We're going to play with that. And and I'm going to go with you on all these, Pierre. And Rob, by all means, if you want to chime in, by, uh, just feel free to. We're going to start it out, though, at at Claypool at 5,200, okay? And we're going to play a little Would You Rather. We'll go up. We'll work our way backwards and see who would you rather have. Uh, Chris Claypool. Is it, is it Chris Claypool? What's his name? Charles Claypool? Chris Chase. 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 Well, I got it kind of right there. Chase Claypool or Cole Beasley? Claypool. Claypool all day. Against Cleveland, is that yep. the reason why? Yeah, against Cleveland. He's had a couple big games against them this year as well. Plus, you look at Beasley. He's banged up. Uh, didn't participate in practice still dealing with the knee. So there's a possibility he doesn't even play. Uh, Claypool or Hollywood Brown? Claypool. Really? Claypool mm-hmm. or Juju? Claypool. Do you ever call him Smith Schuster or Juju Smith Schuster? It, it seems like Juju is just a fun little name to say. Yeah, it's mostly just Juju. I don't want to butcher the, the rest of it. I can say Smith Schuster, but it's just easier to say Juju. I guess it's just me being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if the children are in the room, I'd try not to say Smith Schuster because I never, I'm not quite sure what's going to come out of my mouth, to be honest. Uh, Claypool or Jarvis Landry? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm sticking with Claypool. I really like Claypool this weekend. Okay, Claypool's there at 5,200. We've jumped all the way up to Cooper Cup, who we will say is going to play uh, for Fantasy Impact Today Network reasons, uh, but he's at 6,000. Who would you rather have this week? Yeah, it's maybe where the line. If if Cup plays, I'll probably go Cup here over Claypool. But it's close. It's real close. I really like Claypool this this week, but I do like Cup um, coming off. I know he's coming off the the COVID, so that's something to to really monitor. Cause you never know how folks deal with it. Um, my wife had it, and it was terrible. It was real severe, but some have like moderate symptoms, and it's flu like, et cetera. So 
really depends on how he deals with it, but I really like the, the slot um, against Seattle. I know they play Woods in the slot some as well, but I feel like if he if he wasn't too bad with the, the symptoms, uh, he should be refreshed and, and rejuvenated um, and ready to go. So I would I would take Cup at, at 6K. Okay. Uh, Clay, or, okay, so you got Cooper Cup. We'll, so we'll go up to Cooper Cup at 6K mm-hmm. against Antonio Brown at 6,100. I go Antonio Brown. Uh, it seems like that chemistry with Brady's there. Going into the postseason, he likes the spotlight. Uh, give me A.B. Booming. Okay. A.B. A- <laughs> or Deontay Johnson? Uh, I'm at the phone with Fran. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Rob? Uh, it's got, for me, it's got to be Deontay. I, I've loved Deontay all year. I know people were dogging him a little bit earlier, earlier in the year about the drops issues, but, I mean – this guy, I mean, he just gets targeted at an unbelievable level. Um, there was a stretch where he was getting 10, 11, 16, 13, 12, 7, 13, 14 in consecutive games. And even last week, he only had four targets, but still had 96 yards. And, you know, I expect them to be kind of more him to be more involved in a game in a meaningful game this week. So I, I love Deontay on DraftKings. And there, I think uh, Antonio Brown's situation kind of changes if Mike Evans isn't in the game as well against that Washington defense, Pierre. Uh, I would agree with you. I could see your hesitancy on that. We, uh, and and well, Brown has kind Evans, of been one of those. I was going to say, even if Evans plays, like how how full strength is he going to be? I mean, that looked pretty mm-hmm. serious. He he limped yeah. off. They got a card out. So that's the only concern. I just don't know. And if it's just Antonio Brown and, and Godwin, both of those guys are going to eat, I feel. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. All right, so we'll take Rob's pick here, Pierre, and we'll roll with that. Uh, Deontay Johnson or Robert Woods? I stick with Deontay there. Yep. Deontay or McLaurin if he plays? Washington just doesn't throw the ball enough, so I, I still go Deontay. Deontay or Michael Thomas? Whew. He's the, I think he's the X factor this weekend. Um, it depends on how his ankle's going to be. I, I'll probably still lean Deontay. Um, right now, just because his targets are, are definitely going to be there. But I think Michael Thomas is the X factor in this whole weekend. When you look at his price range and what he's capable of, I, I really like Thomas if he's actually healthy. I just don't know if he's going to be healthy. You agree with that statement, Rob? I do agree that Thomas is, is definitely the X factor because, you know, Michael Thomas. So I don't know if you guys follow Derek Cardi on Twitter or anything, but he – you know, always puts out, it was especially last year, it was, is Mike, he put out a thing where it was like, is Michael Thomas playing in a dome? And if it was yes, then yes, you play him. It doesn't even matter the price. So at 6,400 playing at home in the dome, if he's right, that's, that's just too cheap. But the thing is, is he, is he right? And he really hasn't been all year. So it's, it's a really a tough, tough one to gauge. All right, so for we'll uh, we'll go with Michael Thomas there because I think all of us would love Michael Thomas at sixty four hundred. He's going to probably be very well owned on that day as well, uh, and and he kind of fits into that Mike Evans thing. And we just don't trust Mike Evans this week, though, right? No, that looked bad. I, I know he's. They're trying to say it's okay, but I, I just wouldn't trust him at all. I would go Michael Thomas, who has the IR, but it sounds like he's going to be activated and ready to go on the ankle. All right. Well, that that drops us down then to everybody else. <laughs> I think in this in this pool, I think it, your guy T. Y. Hilton there is at fifty one hundred. Can you guys give me a couple of sleeper uh, wide receivers a piece here at the bottom that we could just keep our eyes out for? Yes, yeah, so I'll, 
I'll go in and I'll start. I know I mentioned him earlier, but Corey Davis, I feel like he's at a really good price range at 4,800. I expect most of the attention to go to A.J. Brown when it comes to Marlon Humphreys. Uh, so I like Corey Davis at 4,800. And I actually like uh, your guy, John Brown, <laughs> West, right underneath him. Uh, came back last week uh, against the Dolphins, saw four targets, caught all four for 72 and a touchdown. Uh, really can get behind the secondary. So if you expect a lot of the attention of the coach to be on digs, you can see John Brown uh, really getting behind and kind of opening up the field. Uh, for Josh Allen. So I like those two at 48 and 4,700. Yeah, I was going to say Corey Davis was my favorite as well. Um, he's just, he, I don't know what he has to do to get his price up. I mean, considering what he's done all year, he's been pretty consistent outside of maybe uh, one or two kind of clunkers. But other than that, I mean, he's been pr- pretty consistent all year. So 4,800 just seems too cheap for him. Um Another guy that is interesting is Cam Sims, only at 3,900, um, especially depending on McLaurin's status. But, you know, the last three games, he's, he's seen five, nine, and eight targets. Um, so he hasn't produced great in, in those games. But anytime you're getting a guy under 4K with that kind of target volume, um, it's, a, it's a solid guy to look towards for, for salary uh, savings. Nice. All right. So tight ends where we go next on the DFS streamers here. Let me make sure. One more receiver in real fast. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Josh Reynolds is 3,600. He's gotten Mm -hmm. 10 targets back to back games uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, Keep in mind, Cooper cup may not play. uh, So I just want to make sure everyone knows uh, to look at Josh Reynolds at 3,600 as well. No, that's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, Let me ask, uh, let me remind everybody that they are listening to the baby bowl. 2020 playoff edition podcast and the DFS streamers kind of matched up together here on the fantasy impact today network. You can find all the different co-hosts here on the fantasy impact today network over at FI today with a little underscore on Twitter. It's right there underneath the bio. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at loafing it. Don't forget to follow Rob at Rob Norton. Oh, at Norton zero seven, two, three on Twitter. And you get your little pin tweet there, Rob, your pin tweet has got all the information on how to join the baby bowl. You still have up until Saturday morning, Rob, Rob gave you till Saturday. I gave you till Friday, but I'll trust <laughs> Rob on that because he's doing all the dirty work. And don't forget to follow Pierre for all your DFS streamer podcast or, or DFS streamer advice that you need on this weekend slate at Wee 31 on Twitter. Okay, Wee, uh, this is going over here to our tight ends now. All right. And in our tight ends, we always we always go over here and we always look for good value because this is a place where we can save some money, at least throughout the year. But I'm not sure if we can do that in the playoffs because the pool has gotten so much smaller here. Andrew starts us out at 5,200. I'm going to take us down to Gronk at 4K. To me, Logan Thomas is the king in this in this area. Uh, area <laughs> because of opportunities <laughs> and opportunities equals points, right? And mm-hmm. since week 13, he's had 50 targets in five games. Uh, will any of these guys be able to get over those amount of targets? Out, will they out-target him? Will Gronk out-target Logan Thomas this week? Gronk won't, know. <laughs> Brady, Brady spreads the ball out um, quite a bit, and he mostly looks at his receivers um, and Godwin and Brown. So I don't think Gronk will, will outdo the targets at all. Will Jared Cook, Rob? Out target Logan Thomas this week. No, I can't see. I can't see it. And, well, Mark Andrews, Pierre, out target Logan Thomas this week. 
I don't think he'll out targeting, but I think he'll have the best shot at doing so, um, if that makes sense. So I think Logan Thomas will still be the target monster. Uh, but I think Mark Andrews has the best shot of out targeting him and of course outscoring him on the slate. That's what I was going to ask you next. Who was your favorite one then out of this bunch of four? Uh, who's your favorite uh, tight end this week, Pierre? That's Mark Andrews. Um, again, you're looking at the the highest team total um, on the slate when it comes to 29.3 for, for Baltimore. Uh, he's played pretty well um, this season. I know he, he didn't have a good game last week, but they were kind of up big, really running the ball against Cincinnati. Uh, but he's gotten, you know, a couple 20-point games this year. Got some games in the teens, so I like him. I know in the overtime game, it's Tennessee he had 20. Um, he's looking around anywhere between five to ten targets, really, what you can expect. Um, if you think this game's going to be a shootout, uh, Lamar has to throw it to somebody, I feel. And Mark Andrews, I think, is his favorite target, um, even over Hollywood Brown. So I like Mark Andrews the most. All right. You agree with that statement, Rob? Yep, I agree. Mark Andrews has got to be, for me, okay. the top the top tight end for all those reasons. All right, next tier starts us out at Hooper at 3,900, going all the way down to Jimmy Graham at 3,300, Rob. And, and just give me one a guy out of here that you think might be able to hit three times their value. Whew. Um, Any of them? <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not big on, on any of them. I don't know okay. the, the situation on Ebron. Um, I see he's on COVID-19 right. list. So, um, if he, it looks like as long as he continues to test negative, he'll be available. So he's kind of the one that I would prefer. I think the most out of them, he seems to be the guy that kind of has gotten the most consistent targets in this, in this price range. Um, Hooper's been the guy lately, but that's also been kind of, you know, swayed by a bunch of COVID stuff. So, um, yeah, if, if, if Ebron plays, he'd probably be my favorite of this group of four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a small group, but once again, we got a really small pool here to choose right. from. Pierre, do you have any guys who are your favorite outside of Eric Ebron? Yeah, if any, I'd probably look at the revenge situation with Jimmy Graham. I know Cole Komet's been getting the majority of the snaps, but we, we saw a couple weeks ago that, Graham still gets the ball in the red zone um, and in the end zone because of that big body of his. Uh, so you could definitely see them kind of turn to him if they are able to move the ball um, to the red zone against the Saints. So I would probably go uh, Jimmy Graham at 3,300 out of those four. All right. I, 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 no, thank you. I, <laughs> I got to stay away from my parents this week. All right. John New Smith is the last guy there, 3,200 all the way down. Are any of these guys – in the wheelhouse, I know we got a Cole Komet who's been a darling there at 3,000 lately. It seems like everybody mentions his name. Uh, Dawson Knox, of course, for Buffalo. We always think that he might be able to skin the end zone. But, Rob, is there anybody down low here? Just give me one other name or so that you might like. Yeah, if, if I'm paying down, way down this week, it's going to be either Janu because of that that high total um, or Cole Komet because of the, you know, he's seen six, at least six targets in four of the last five games. So, and they're playing in a dome, which helps passing. So, um, for me, if you're paying down, it's got to be either John or, or Komet. What about you, Pierre? You see anybody down here you like? Yeah, I really like the two that he mentioned, John and Komet. I would toss in Dawson Knox though. Um, he's seen a bunch of targets here lately, uh, coming from Josh Allen, especially again, 
uh, down the red zone. They like to run a lot of play actions to find him open in the back of the end zone where all the attention's turned to to Diggs or the running back. So Dawson Knox would probably be the only one I add to the mix. You guys, ever, I know you, Rob, you do, but like, like whenever you watch Njoku play, I'm always wondering what that guy's doing. You know, uh, he's out there, he's making plays and all, but he's like trying to jump over the top of people and everything. And he's, he's just making some wild physical maneuvers. And I'm going, no wonder you get hurt all the time, man. Just go down, just go down instead of trying to like leap over the top of the referee whenever you're making a catch or something. He's, that guy just goes crazy out there yeah, on he the has, ball field. He has my favorite touchdown celebration. So that personal, Rob, I'm not a, I'm not a Browns fan, but I love his little, like stomp, stomp, and then jump oh, up and smash the ball. I love that. So I yeah. hope he scores just so I can see it. It's my favorite. <laughs> you know, Njoku's been a guy that's he's he's been so frustrating because when he came out of Miami, you know, you're th- I, I was hoping at least that this is you know going to be the next like athletic freak tight end, and it's just he's just been so consistent or, or so inconsistent and so so hurt over the course of his career so far, and it's just just been frustrating, but you're, you're right. He, I, I'm hoping for uh, maybe a couple of those dances. Yeah. Well, uh, him and Chris Herndon are going to have a convention somewhere. You know? oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go over to defenses and Rob, you are a bottom feeder on defense. If I've ever seen somebody who likes to save <laughs> some money on defense, you, you do not mind at all playing the $100 options on defense. And that's what we like to do here on DFS streamers to save us some cash. Uh, I, I love the Saints on, on Sunday. It's just my terrible Bears. Uh, the Bears are going to do terrible kind of a thought process that I have being a Chicago fan. And I'm going to be rah, rah, rah all day long in that game. But going into it, I'm always a little hesitant. So that 3800 price point, though, scares me off of the Saints a little bit, Rob. Who can we find on this slate to give us a little bit of value and save us some money? So, yeah, um I like the Seahawks in terms of price point. Um, you know, the, all the ones below them, I don't feel the Seahawks are the first one, the cheapest one that I feel at least somewhat confident in, especially if Wolford plays. So, um, but, but yeah, as you mentioned, I'm generally, I pay down as much as I can because defense is the most variant position position. And, you know, I'm just looking for any, any defense that can get pressure on a quarterback, because obviously the more pressure on a quarterback, the more likely of a sack, more likely of a, of a pick, more likely of a fumble. And that's where you're going to, you're going to get your points. And plus any of those can turn into uh, touchdowns and that's where you hit your ceilings with those. So yeah, for, for me, it, it, when I'm looking at a defense, I'm in cash games, especially I'm paying down almost, almost for sure. And then in, in uh, GPPs, it's kind of just, the best my favorite one that fits the the lineup it's the last one i plug in every time okay all right what about you pierre well, who do you like down here at the bottom i know we like to save some money here at dfs streamers as well so it's it's interesting because a lot of folks avoid the the really cheap defenses that are going up against top offenses um and rightfully so because they're putting up points but you have two down here that are are pretty good defenses that are really, you know, trying to turn over the ball, turn over their opponents. And that's the Colts um, and the, the Washington football team. So I do expect the Bucks and the Bills to, to put up points. Um, but when you look at just what you need in that price range, if one of these teams can get a, a pick six or a, a strip sack and scoop it up and score, punt return, 
let's say a Naeem Hines runs back a punt return, they're going to pay off that salary like instantly. Um, so I just don't want people to avoid those two teams because they see the high point total of the offense on the other side. Um, I still think, like Rob said, they both you know have sack upside um, as well as they, they both have a pretty good turnover differential. Um, it doesn't mean they're going to win the game. It doesn't mean they're not going to give up, you know, 28, 30 points. Uh, but they could still pay off that salary down there at the bottom uh, with just a, I guess a coin flip type of situation. They can get a scoop and score or something along those lines. Yeah, and I think about that Tampa offense, too. Sometimes it's just that up-and-down offense, and I just wonder if Washington won't be able to just at least get a couple of points from uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers maybe fizzling out whenever they play. And if you don't mind, uh, Wes, me jumping in, um, Pierre brought up a great point. Uh, People all the time, you know, they'll ask me questions on, on Twitter, like, which defense should I start, which, you know, this and that, and I see it all the time where people are so scared to play defenses against high scoring offenses, but you got to think about it, you know, where, where, where do you get your points? And it's from, from those sacks and, and picks and fumbles. And if you're playing against a, you know, a team that's scoring a lot, generally they're dropping back a lot and throwing the ball a lot. And that's where the turnovers, that's where the sacks come. So you want to target, teams in my opinion you want to target teams that are going to drop back a lot and like we've mentioned multiple times so far um the colts are a team that's gonna be more likely to stop the run and be more likely to funnel passing and you know so Allen's gonna drop back a lot and while he's played great this year Allen Allen can be a wild man at times so he could definitely take a lot of sacks. he could definitely throw some picks and and lose the ball so the Col- I, I do really like the colts play as well Oh, Rob, you are growing on Pierre quite well during this podcast. He's, he's starting to like you more and more. All right. I did. It's like uh, that Grinch moment where the Grinch's like heart just starts to grow and pound out of his chest. <laughs> All right. We got to get over here to running backs, too, because we still have some uh, uh, duty here at the end of the show. I don't know how we're going to do this. If we're going to do a little snake draft here, you guys going to build me a lineup or how we're going to do it. But uh, we'll figure out something here at the end of the show to be able to participate as a group together in some kind of DraftKings lineup. Uh, at running back, though, Derrick Henry leads us off. He's the highest pop player here on our combined slate at 9,200. And I'm going to take this all the way down to his opponent, his adversary, at J.K. Dobbins at 6,600. And, uh, Pierre, let me go to you. Will he or won't he hit his three times the value? I like to do that with this top tier because mm-hmm. everybody talks about getting these guys. J.K. Dobbins, will he get to three times his $6,600 price point on DraftKings? I think he will. I like Dobbins a, a lot this week, so yes. Yes, he will. Uh, uh, Nick, uh, Nick, uh, Rob, will Nick Chubb be able to get to his three times the value at 6700 Oh, it's, it's, it's a tough defense, but I'm going to say, yeah, he does. Okay. All right. And if either one of you guys disagree with each other, let me know. David Montgomery, Pierre, no. 69. <laughs> I know. It, it, He's a guy. Chubbs, or you saying Montgomery or Chubb? He's saying uh, Montgomery. I was just giving him a hard time. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not laughing at all. I'm not, no, I'm David, up, David Montgomery, you know? man, when he went down with that knee injury last week, and and I didn't think that the Bears had any shot at beating the Green Bay Packers, but he has been balling out. Anybody who thinks David Montgomery is not a man 
is wrong. Okay, he is stuck in a terrible offense that that just can't get out of their own way sometimes, and uh, it just really bad conditions for the Bears. I, I like David Montgomery as a running back. I think he really mm-hmm. gives it his all, and, and I know I think he has a talent along with that heart. So I like David Montgomery, but I don't think he can reach his price point this week against that Saints defense. I don't think so either. He's had a big run. I mean, he's got twenty plus and what six yeah. straight. Uh, I just, I just think that comes to an end uh, there in New Orleans. Uh, See, I had, I, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm kind of more on the on the other side of you guys. Um, you know, I I understand why because it's a good defense and obviously they they they're I think what they're num- on DraftKings they're number one at limiting uh, running back points. But like you mentioned, he's been on such a run. He plays so much of the snaps and. Yeah, since Cohen's went down, whenever they've gotten down, he sees a ton of targets. So I think that's going to raise his floor so much. Like last week, he only had 69 rushing yards on 22 attempts, so it wasn't a very good game rushing. And you know, he still had 15 15 points just from just from the pass game. So I do think I, I do think he's going to hit the value simply be, due to volume. Okay. All right. 6,900. Well, let me ask you about Jonathan Taylor then. Let's take Pierre out of the equation, Rob. Will Jonathan Taylor get 7,900? Wow. He's got to get to 24-ish. Will he be able to do that? I think so. He's he's <laughs> 253 yards last week. I mean, I, I get it's Jacksonville, but 74 rushing yards the pr- previous week against Pittsburgh, 83, 150, 91, 90. I mean, he's he's been on a tear and and, uh, you know, putting up touchdowns almost every single game as well. So um, Buffalo, that Buffalo defense is, hasn't been great. And I think uh, the Colts know that they got to they gotta take the, hand, the ball out of the hands of, of Allen, and their best way to do it is to run Taylor a lot. Okay, Alvin Kamara, Pierre, at 8,500. Uh, you got to make sure he plays. I know he'll be eligible um, to play. Uh, if he does, I, I think he can get there for sure. Uh, you're looking at around 24 to, to 25 points, or really around 24 to 27. Uh, he's capable. Uh, obviously, we saw it against Minnesota. He's capable of doubling that. Uh, I think he will. He played in Chicago, got 25 um, against them earlier in the year. Uh, Breeze is back at quarterback, so he'll have those dump-offs that he was kind of missing uh, with Taysom Hill under center. So I think if he plays, he can definitely get there for sure. Okay, and yeah, it'd be great if uh, I say great, it won't be great. But as a Bears fan, if both of those running backs aren't able to play on on in that game, I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday right now. Uh, on Sunday, I guess it is. That, that I, I give him a, I give him a puncher's chance. Then I give him a puncher's chance. Derrick Henry, Rob, will he be able to reach his value? That's at ninety two hundred. So he's got to get twenty seven points. Gosh, Derrick Henry's just been a guy that has tormented me for all year and all last year in DraftKings because I'm generally a, a fade on Derrick Henry. Um, so I'm, I'm going to fade him again. Probably He's probably going to go for 200. And that's usually what he does. It's just, what it's, what it's do you think, Pierre? I think Rob sounds so discouraged talking about <laughs> Derrick Henry right now. But I think he'll get there. I mean, playoff season is really when they start to lean on him. Uh, you've seen like three out of the last four weeks. Again, really good matchups, but he's gotten there. I'm sure Baltimore is going to try to take him away. Um, we're looking at 30-degree weather, and he's a big guy. And the more you get cold and you have to realize you got to tackle him, some of those tackles are going to loosen up. So I, I think he'll get there again. 
Boy, at our next tier starts at Chris Carson, guys. And there's like nobody in that tier. You know, I mean, it ends really, really fast. To me, it goes all the way down to Naheem Hines at 4,700. Uh, running back position, just in general, uh, as we look at this DFK uh, uh, DraftKings slate, it, it, it looks like it's slim pickings to me. Do you guys think that overall, or or is there some good value here, or you got to pay up this week? I think there can be value. Um, I think one's going to be Naeem Hines. I think that's the situation that it's really going to be game script. So I know that that Rob felt like Taylor, you know, could definitely get there, and he can. But if the Colts get behind, Naeem Hines is going to come in and be their pass catching back. Taylor gets some targets, but Hines is definitely the the pass catching back. So if the Colts get behind early. You're going to want to have Naeem Hines, and you're not going to want to have Taylor. Um, so that's really just dependent on the game script. The same kind of goes for for Cleveland. Um, when you look at Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, you know, Hunt's down at 4,800. They get behind in Pittsburgh. You know, Chubb's going to probably leave the field a bit, and you're going to see Hunt starting to get some of those dump-offs, et cetera. So you really get down to this range, and you have some talented backs um, that are down here. It's tough because they're not really in great matchups, uh, but that's just the, the risk – that you're going to have to take at these price ranges because they're all kind of capable of busting, but it's all busting or booming. It just really depends on the, the game script that they're going to be handed. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Rob, we'll play a game of would you rather. And Pierre, you jump in here. If you disagree with any of Rob's uh, let's start out with Naheem Hines. Would you rather have Naheem Hines or Kareem Hunt? Ooh, I do agree with Pierre on, on, on the takes on both of them, because like you said, they're, if they're behind, both of these guys are likely going to play more. I will go hunt on that just because, simply because I think that he's just he's more involved in in on the ground in terms of rushing attempts and more likely um, to be used around the goal line too. All right, Hunt or McKissick? That one I'm, I. Think I'm gonna go McKissick. Actually, um, we've seen it's the same kind of concept with all three of these guys. Uh, once they get down, these are the guys that kind of come in. Um, but McKissick to me just has the highest floor of all of them. I mean, he's every pretty much every time they're down, he's in catch getting a ridiculous number of targets. He's gotten eight, ten, ten the last three weeks. So, and I expect them to be losing. So, um, I, I'll go McKissick. Okay, I got a question for you, Pierre. Just a minute here. Let's keep going. McKissick or Connor? Rob? I'm going to go with McKissick. Connor's McKiss- been really struggling. McKissick or Akers at 5,100? If he plays, looks like he's going to play. From my the tea leaves I'm reading, it looks like he might play. Yeah, on that one, I got to go Akers. I know he didn't do do well last game, but he still saw 21 attempts in his first game back and four targets, too, and you know, in his last what four games, he's seen 21, 15, 29, and 21. So too much volume there to ignore. Okay. Now, Pierre, I'm going to jump back to you here because you are on the Hines train here. Where would you have drawn the line with Hines? Would you have chosen over Hunt, McKissick, Connor, or Akers? Not necessarily. Um, I think I would. I would take Hunt. It just seems like he has a more solid role. Okay. Um, but I think he can outperform all of them, if we're being honest. Um, he's still involved, you know, in the Colts offense. Uh, a lot, oftentimes he's, again, he needs to be a part of the, the passing game. Um, so I think he's capable of outscoring all of them with the right game script. But I think Rob had it. Um, I'd probably put Hunt over McKissick still. Um, I know McKissick will probably go in there and get a, a ton of targets. 
Uh, but I feel like Hunt can as well. I think Pittsburgh will get out ahead of this game. Hunt's probably my favorite value running back. If I had to pick one, even though he's he's currently, you know, kind of mixing it up with Chip. Okay. Now, yeah, I agree with you on the Naheem Hines thoughts, though, because to me, Indianapolis is going to need some explosion on uh, Sunday, and I don't think that they're going to necessarily, or on Saturday, I don't think that they're necessarily going to be able to get that uh, with Jonathan Taylor, and, and they may be really behind, and that may just take Jonathan Taylor completely out of that script. All right, Rob, Akers or RJ the second? I'm going to go with Akers. Um, yeah, I... I Washington has a great front or front seven and and uh, like I said, Acres. I just feel more confident in his in his volume and um, you know yeah, I'm gonna go Acres in that one. Acres or Gibson? <sighs> I love Antonio Gibson, but like I mentioned before, I they they go to McKissick a, a ton when they get down, and I think they're gonna be down. And Tampa Bay is a, a great run defense, but not a good pass defense. I'm gonna go Acres. Uh, Acres or Carson for the last one? That one, I am going to actually go with Acres again. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's interesting because you had you had those guys bouncing all the way up and then Acres over the top of Carson. Pierre, do you agree with that take on Acres? I think he can. I think I'd go with Carson. Um, I like Chris Carson this week. I feel like I like Seattle for some reason. I know the, the matchup says otherwise, but. I just feel like they're going to play well. So I guess we'll see how that goes. But I do think Anchors, Anchors is right up there with them all, um, given his volume and kind of what we saw at the end of the year from him before he had the, the ankle injury. All right. And our last tier here, Zach Moss and the rest of the field. Outside of my guy, Gus Edwards, at, uh, at 4,400, do you see anybody else who you guys think would be profitable to play in DraftKings on Sunday? I think you're going to have to watch the news because um, there could be some things that open up uh, for one, the new Orleans situation, uh, pay attention to the Kamara. Um, if he doesn't, you know, clear protocol on Sunday, uh, Murray was just a close contact. So you could see Latavius Murray as a lead back at 4,500. If that whole backfields roll out again, I think you could go back to the, the Ty Montgomery train at 4,100 to get really, really cheap salary there at a running back position. Again, you just kind of got to watch the news and see how that kind of unfolds with the Saints there. All right, that sounds good. Rob, you see anybody? Yeah, I was going to say that's same thing. You know, nobody else down here looks looks like they're really viable except for the Saints guys, depending on the news. Yeah, even Gus Edwards at 4,400. Right. That's just that's a scary play. Uh, just uh, you have to get that high. He could do it, but not not maybe not. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's let's then uh, we're all wrapped up here. How, how are we going to do this? You guys just want to build me a lineup, a, a nice lineup here in my quarter field? Yeah, we can do it. We want to do the Saturday Sunday combined. Yeah, yeah. I got one right here. Saturday Sunday combined here. Uh, we're all together. So it's everybody um, that we've been talking about this game. And Pierre, why don't we let you go first here by picking me a quarterback? Quarterback, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I'm locking him in at 7,500. He's going to kick off our lineup. All right, very good. Uh, Rob, who do I need to play then at uh, the next the next choice? You get the next choice. Next choice. Um, what, what did you say it was? You're doing the quarter? 
Yeah, uh, like well, no, I'm just I'm doing that. Yeah, well, something I don't know what I'm doing, Rob. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just you just pick a, a lineup, Rob. Who you like here? I'll, well, I don't. If, I, don't if I know. It, yeah. yeah, I was I gonna say it, it depends for me. Obviously, you know, if it's if it's if it's the quarter like the tournament tournament lineup, I um I definitely want to get digs in there and stack it with with Josh Allen. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I would back out of this, but you and I both know that there's no way I'd be able to find my way back to wherever <laughs> I am. So I, I will agree with you. We'll go that. We'll go with a Stefan Diggs here next, and we got uh, 4,900 left per player, Pierre. All right, well, I'm going to jam him in, uh, so we'll have to save some salary. I'll leave it up to you, Rob, but give me give me Derrick Henry, 9,200. 9,200. You guys are trying to – what are you guys doing to me? I got 4,200 left, Rob. Next pick to you. Whew. Um, it's tough here. Um, let's see. Do we want to throw in a defense? Do we want to go with the tight end choice? Um, well, I want to I wanna try to get a run back since we got the stack. And I want to get, try to get the run back. I think um, – We'll 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 go with uh, the Naheem Hines pick. Good. Um, All right, I got that in forty seven hundred. We got forty one hundred left, fellas. I, I like the start of this. I'm not gonna lie. Um, well, you know, I am in charge of this one, so no wonder <laughs> it's a good lineup. Uh, yeah, you are. Um, I'll save us some money. I'll go down a defense. I'll take the Washington football team at twenty four hundred. Okay, 2,400. All right, fellas, we got to get three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. And and I'll remind you guys, and, and that, Char- that that Claypool's down here at pretty cheap price this day. I'm not going to say we need to go with Claypool, but he's at 5,200. We only got 4,600 left per player, so we got to find some savings somewhere, Rob. Whew. Um, let's see here. He said we need... Two two receivers and a tight end and a flex. Yep. Hmm. Let's see. We have forty six hundred per player with a Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, Naheem Hines, Stephon Diggs, and a Washington football team. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Corey Davis in there at forty eight hundred. Oh. I just like I just think he's one of the best better values in terms of. You know, wide receiver. I never understand why he's so cheap. Okay. All right. Corey Davis it is against that Baltimore Ravens defense. That's why he's going to be cheap and hopefully under-owned as well. So we got a ringer there. All right. 4,500, Pierre, up to you. I'm going to pay up. <laughs> I know you don't want to hear that, uh, given how much we have left. But uh, at tight end, I'm going to go ahead and take Mark Andrews at 5,200 uh, to get another side of that. Tennessee, we got two Titans in there. So we kind of have a little correlation with Mark Andrews at 5,200. All right, we're going to have to take another defense in our flex spot if they allow us to do this <laughs> at this point. Now, we're sitting at 42.50 for average player remaining, and we got to get a wide receiver and a flex, Rob. You guys can talk about this if you want to. And what what, what do we have total left? 42. 42.50. 42.50. Hmm, let's see. 42.50. Let's see. I mean, we definitely got to go with the – one one of the cheap guys like um I like the Josh Reynolds call. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say Cam Sims, but I don't really wanna necessarily I mean it's not 
the worst playing. I, usually when I play a defense in a, in a tournament lineup, I, I kind of don't want to play players from that game, but at the same time, at the same time, he's so he's really cheap and mm-hmm. you know, it's a small slate. So it's kind of hard to avoid, but um yeah, we could, we could go there. Um, we could also, if you want to go Reynolds, we could actually continue the stack with the Bills and go with a a John Brown um, if we wanted to go that route. I was that's what that's what I was kind of eyeing up was the Reynolds and John Brown for the final two. Okay. Oh, hey, let's see here. Thirty six hundred, Josh Reynolds. He fits in nicely. And then a who? Brown? You guys want Brown? Brown, Brown. I got Cream Hunt sitting here looking at me. I got Logan Thomas sitting here looking at me. You do. They can keep looking at you. I'm just when you got Josh Allen at, at quarterback, you're in a tournament. You you want to try to correlate with him as much as possible. So you, you're bringing back two receivers. I feel would would be the biggest upside personally. Is John Brown even playing? Is he? Yeah, he came back last week. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, you, and that's my guy, Pierre. You know that's it's my guy, guy, too. <laughs> you know he's my guy. Hey, we have $200 remaining in salary after I put in Josh Allen at quarterback, Derrick Henry at running back, Naheem Hines, Stephon Diggs, Corey Davis, Josh Reynolds, Mark Andrews, John Brown, and the Washington football team. Guys, we picked, we put in the highest running back the highest tight end, I think the second highest quarterback in all this, and the highest wide receiver in all this in, in this matchup. So that is wonderful. Uh, are we going to look for, let's see, let's see who's $200 more at my defense. Uh, Washington football team's at $2,400. We, uh, we don't want the Browns instead, do we? So that's it. Uh, Update entry. Yeah. I am in a quarter lineup. I don't know what kind of quarter lineup I'm in. But I, I may have been a dollar lineup, to be honest with you guys. You're making me pay big money. Big Extender. money. Big bucks. <laughs> hey, wonderful job, Rob. I appreciate you being on this podcast. I appreciate everything you've done for the Baby Bowl and how you put it all together. That's been a fantastic thing. And Pierre, uh, uh, great job being in here tonight as well and also joining the Baby Bowl. I'm glad we could share this experience together, Pierre. Absolutely. I'm glad to be a part of the Baby Bowl finally playoffs. See if I can make some noise. Yeah, don't forget to follow Pierre over on Twitter at Peewee31. And Rob, you can uh, they can get in touch with you over on Twitter as well at Norton0723. And uh, what do they got to do to get into the Baby Bowl again? Yeah, just uh, just at me or DM me and, uh, you know, I'll get you all signed up. Uh, send a send an invite out to your email and, and we'll get you we'll get you signed up. Yeah, we'll have to do that for me as well, Rob. You know, the last time we struggled getting me in there is technology. Technology is always my downfall. It is my kryptonite, Rob. It is my kryptonite. But you did a great job as well. and appreciate you putting it together all for charity, of course, at the March of Dimes. And also we get to put a little money in our pocket as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with little underscore. Head over to Anchor FM. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, make sure you slap those stars around. Leave a review if you can. But more importantly than all those actions fit fam we want to encourage you to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today 